0: In this episode, we're chatting with Melinda Beto, founder of Eco Explorers in Melbourne, about tips on creating a business around your family and dream life, the best and hardest parts of owning your own nature play business, and how communities and nature can help your mental health. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicki and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in, and join us on this next adventure. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Kabi Kabi and Gubbi Gubbi people. We honour their songlines and storylines and pay respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode today. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Farrell. Just a reminder that the next round of our online course, Wild Business, will be opening up at the end of October, which is not long now. Wild Business is for early childhood change makers ready to take the leap and create a nature play business that is deeply rooted in community and purpose. By using our proven roadmap to success, we will save you so much time, money and stress by helping you navigate the muddy waters of regulation, ratios, insurance and permits. At the end of this course, you will have everything you need to hit the ground running with your own flourishing nature play business. You can find out more or join the waitlist at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business. Today, we're talking to the founder of Eco Explorers Australia, Melinda Beto. Melinda has a passion for connecting families and children to nature. She's a certified forest school leader, mental health worker and play work practitioner who has 30 years of experience working in community services with families, refugee women, children in foster care and in disability. She also founded Australia's first environmentally friendly toy store and has a deep passion for child-led nature learning. She homeschooled her own children and travelled around Australia with her family for nearly three years, living the dream and her life to the fullest. Good morning, welcome to the show, Melinda. How are you today? Good, thanks, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolute pleasure. I have been wanting to chat to you for probably since we started. It probably took us three or four months to to discover you on the internet, and that was when we were like, "That's between you and Educated by Nature over in WA." Um, I was like, that's where we're heading. That's that's what it is. This is what it can look like. So it's so nice yeah. to finally meet you face to face. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so let's chat about Eco Explorers. Can you take us in the, on your journey from when you came up with the idea to where you are now and, and what, you, what you offer your children? My business is Eco Explorers Australia and we've
1: been operating now for just over five years. And we're Melbourne-based as well, so Melbourne-based program. We run a a range of different bush programs within Melbourne and the Mornington Peninsula. Um, Most of those programs are bush playgroup, bush kindy kids program, a forest school program where children are dropped off and get to spend three or four hours in in the bush. We also run a school holiday program and that's for six to 12 years of age. And we also run weekend workshops and camps as well. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to run those in the past year. And the other um, main program that we run is our funded program. So we've been really fortunate to partner with different councils and other services and offer our programs to vulnerable families and people more disadvantaged in the community and so that's been really rewarding um, to be able to expand our program, but also to reach out to those that need it the most. And and I think having been in lockdown for the past year on and off, I think people need to be out in nature more than anything, but also to be part of community as well. And and I think people are isolated and Children are missing out on those opportunities to connect and socialise. And so being out in nature and being with other people and building those communities is so important.
0: Absolutely. How amazing. I bet that really fills your cup and, and feels quite purposeful, those programs for disadvantaged youth. How did you come across
1: those? So how did that start? So we were actually approached with, so we've worked mainly with the city of Whittlesea, Um, approached by the City of Whittlesea and we'd done various different types of work with them for festivals and weekend events. So they approached us and said you know what do you think about this and we thought yeah absolutely fantastic. So really sort of reaching those that have barriers to accessing the outdoors and as much as we like to think that nature is all around us and it's just as easy as uh, stepping outside and all that you know there there are some barriers and that people have and not everyone is comfortable or used to being out in nature and the whole messy play as well for different reasons so and i think what's really important is to support families where they're at in their own journey of nature play that's so important so and i'm really fortunate that a few of my facilitators have a background and so do I in mental health so my background is community services and mental health and working with vulnerable families so I'm really passionate about that area and have some staff as well that have a background in mental health so we've been really able to support those families and run the programs every term as well mm, and amazing. um the benefits to see the difference after the term and the year is is huge, is remarkable as well. And I was actually just talking to the city of Wollondilly, the council, and um, about potentially when things open up again to run some of these programs. And they've been contacted by a few of the families saying that they would, they really would love it to continue, and they would like to be involved and to help. So. What we're doing is um, bringing communities together and people together and supporting them through that early process but then giving them the skills and the, um, the confidence and the, um, the learning and ability to then do that themselves as well so to for that group to be sustainable and to continue as well. So it's really
0: about empowering communities, I think. Well, I was going to say the ripple effect on the community, I, would, I just would love to see some studies done on the ripple effect, particularly for, like you said, those those people that often can't access nature like yes. people of privilege assume everybody can access nature. after ah. oh, the ripple effect would be incredible. Mental health, physical health, connection to community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've come from um, the social and community sector, what inspired you to start Eco Explorers? Mm, That's a good question. I think um,
1: so many different things have brought me to, you know, where I am today. So it's many of my different life experiences, I think, and I've been really fortunate to do a lot of travelling and um, I spent some time working and living in Africa, in Cameroon, and spent some time working with um, gorillas and chimpanzees in a sanctuary. But also got to which that in itself, in that animal conservation, and you know, was amazing. But one of the things I got to live in a village, um, very remote village, with um, some families and the um, the chief and the witch doctor and the mandrill would you know, chase us and steal our toothbrush and things. And it was very <laughs> basic. But one of the things I got to observe because I lived there for over a month was the the children and their play and the community and how, you know, they they only had sticks and dirt to play with. There was no screens, there's no toys. And just the way the whole community and the village worked together and you know, everyone had roles and the children Really young children were helping with the babies and, you know, helping carrying food and, and water. And so it was very cohesive and just this sense of pride in what they do. And so my language, I couldn't speak their language, they couldn't speak mine. So we communicated through play. And so, you know, we'd sit out under the stars and, you know, in the jungle and the children would come and we'd use sticks and draw things in the dirt and that's how we communicated so I spent a lot of time watching the children play and how these really so that I think that had I didn't realize at the time but it had a huge impact on me and then later of course having children myself and really drawing on those experiences and that the the people were so calm and so at peace and so happy and really they that. You know they didn't have anything um just very basics and the just looking at that and you know realizing that children don't need much that play is is imaginative it's creative it's you know it can be created anywhere and so I think that's had a huge impact for me and been my inspiration and then of course, my children as well having I've got three children and my first daughter, who's now nearly fifteen, she went. We went to a Steiner kindergarten, and she went to a Steiner school, and it was all beautiful, and, and just loved it. And it was really what was around at that time, available in terms of nature play. And then my, then I had a son, and I thought, oh great, we'll follow the Steiner, and um, he really did not fit into that Steiner model, and. He he really didn't like it and it was actually quite a not so great experience for both of us. And so what I realised is that, you know, he would just thrived and he was the most happiest outdoors and climbing and just that freedom that children need. And so I really moved away from that and to the outdoors and just the difference that I could see my children when they're outdoors but also that I could feel And I think that was a big indicator because I was trying to find playgroups and go to indoor playgroups and play centres and I would feel just so stressed and anxious and my son would be crying. It was too loud for him, too noisy, it was too much. And so I found my calm with my son
0: outdoors in nature that's my Together. exact story as well. It was the, the indoor play groups and the noise reverberating and kids yelling and screaming and coming out just overstimulated myself rather than calm? Was it my exact journey? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And you know, it really made me just re reevaluate and really think about what, why are we such an indoor society and you know australia's got the most diverse you know flora and fauna in this space and so much to explore and but yet with parenting i think people have we have you know as parents have these ideas that this is how we're going to parent and it doesn't work out like that at all does it but um i think just being open to that and listening to your children and to your needs as well and Mm. So, yeah, nature healed me. It was my my place of calm for my son and then I had another daughter So, and it has been since then. And the more people that I spoke to and I think initially I mentioned to a few friends, I said, oh, what do you think if I run a nature play group? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was actually also part of Natural Parenting Melbourne mm-hmm. when my first daughter was born so um which were, you know, play groups outside as well. So it was a very early sort of in the early years, but um, so many different benefits to to being indoors, to being outdoors.
0: So you started with a play group as well. Was that like your um, the gateway drug? Was it the next yes. play group? Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And it was me with my kids. Um, yeah, absolutely. So my children were really young. Were um, about well, two and three, when I when I started Eco Explorers, and they've been part of every program. They've sort of been a bit of the guinea pigs, I guess. Yeah, but so. they've gone through all the programs. And when we started Forest School, they went through. We were homeschooling at that time, unschooling and traveling, and so they weren't. They didn't go to kinder um, or any activities, but because we were traveling around Victoria. They did a whole year of forest school when we started. So I was really fortunate in that I was a forest school leader, so I ran the sessions, but I also had two of my children (laughs) in the, the group. And so not only did I see the changes in the children and the dynamics and everything, but I got to witness myself, the huge transformation in my children and watching them, you know, the first few weeks and being really unsure and, you know, what to do to just by the end of the year just absolutely thriving in nature and their levels of confidence and less anxiety and the skills that they learned. My son, um, who would sort of be always, you know, up in a tree watching the other kids and observing for many hours and by the end of the year, he was the one... Doing the bushwalk, doing the safety talks. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was when he was five, six, doing the risk assessment. Um, <laughs> and also looking after the, the new kids that had started the forest school and will be unsure about getting wet and muddy. And, you know, I, I watched him once um, go and offer to get dry socks for another boy whose no. feet were wet in his bag. And so seeing that, like those skills and that nurturing and that empathy that happens when children are together in nature is just really beautiful
0: mm. oh that's that's incredibly similar to our own which is hilarious isn't it, it seems these nature play groups are a bit like a gateway drug <laughs> yeah, but it yeah, is yeah. isn't it you, you witness not just your own children but other people's children and, and yeah. the stories are yeah. very similar like my child doesn't suit you know the the noisy fluorescent lights or the plastic toys or the just that many people in that smaller space, so I don't think we're meant for four walls we think we are no no we're not <laughs> so what was the hardest part of starting your business do you think what, what were some of the the roadblocks that you had to problem solve to get through to get up and running?
1: yeah I think it was a very it was a very organic process for me because I was already sort of in a similar field and running a business so it was a sort of a organic process of like okay let's do this let's do that and and that's how sort of I operating business anyway but I think looking back I think the biggest challenge was really that I had to start from scratch and I think just those the permits I remember calling a few um, councils and trying to get permits and I was told no that you know I can't I can't take children out on the rock pools or I there was a lot of barriers until I got to the right person and worked through all that. So it was I don't think there were many as many groups running Bush programs. And so yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty and no one knew and which category do you <laughs> fall into and insurance and so all those a lot of time on the phone and just navigating an unknown and <laughs> new territory for me as well and how to best so that that took a while and a bit of work and it was really finding the people that understood what I was going to do and why as well because sustainability has got such a was a huge factor on why I do what I do as well because children need to have that connection to nature from an early age for them to want to help protect it don't they because then even as adults they will look back on those early years and sh- as a children and remember that time spent in nature so in order to have adults you know looking after and protecting the environment we need children playing in nature at the moment
0: yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> particularly right now do you, do you want to speak about how things have been going in the last year? because especially for our international audience um, they may not know what is happening in Australia because it's it's quite the opposite of what's happening in the rest of the world the rest of the world in some mm. ways. So we yeah. live in uh, Wildlings is up in Queensland and we've only been affected by probably less than half a dozen lockdowns and other than the very first one, ours have been quite short. Do mm. you want to speak to your experience, Melinda?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I mentioned, we're in Melbourne and so we've um, been in lockdown for the past year more than we've been opened. Um, This term we've only been able to operate one or two weeks out of the ten weeks, so we've been closed for eight weeks but also um, the school holidays as well, which is coming up. And Term 1 we are also closed down for quite a few weeks In term four, we only ran a four-week program and term three, we were shut down as well. So I've spent um, a lot more time remote learning and at home, um, not operating the business than actually operating it this past year.
0: So we we spoke briefly about this, but I would love to cover it Mm -hmm. because probably something that a lot of people don't realise for an outdoor business is that, and I'm only speaking for myself, you may be different, but for us at Wildlings, our biggest expenses are probably our online subscriptions and insurance. So combining mm. your accounting and your rostering and your your Zoom yeah. and your email. Yeah. yeah, so how have you managed or how have you, you know, the word of the year, pivoted <laughs> your business t- to enable it to keep running when you've been closed down for longer than you've been open?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, look, I, um, for me being in business means I have to be extremely flexible and open to new ideas and, and also to listen to the needs of the families but also the community as well and yeah. also the needs of my staff. That's really important as well to, to make sure that, that they're looked after and they have opportunities to to work. So, so definitely being flexible. I really like to be challenged and think outside the <laughs> box. I'm sort of a person that I don't plan much in business. I don't have business plans or marketing plans. It's very intuitive and organic. But when something feels really alive and I get excited about oh, it or an idea pops in my head and that's how, you know, often it works, I'm walking or something random. But I, I, you know, embrace that idea and opportunity and, um, you know, check in with the staff or, um, my business partner and, and go with that. So I think being open to different ways of doing things. Um, it's actually this past year has given me an opportunity to to develop the business in different ways that I had previously wanted and I was mentioning to you before that initially was going to be an online model. Before I started eco Explorers, I wrote, um, I think that was my last business plan um six years ago but um, <laughs> <really online. laughs> But things always come back when it's meant to don't they Absolutely. they really do so what it's allowed us to do that okay I've always wanted to do this or what about this or it, for me it was really important to still reach the families and still mm. stay connected to them and I thought how can we do this because I don't want it to be all on screen and that so we developed two programs, our Little Wild Warriors and Little Wild Blossoms, which is a six-week program, and all the facilitators were part of it there. We did everything that we did in Bush Playgroup and kindy online and we recorded it, and it was actually a lot of fun and it was really out of a lot of people's comfort zone as well, the facilitators to, you know, all the tech, as you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, We're not really (laughs) tech-minded. No. But it was it was a lot of fun and I look back and go wow like as a team we came together and I was like okay who wants to do this who wants to do some meditations who who lives in the bush and so we just came together and we just shared ideas and and came up with new new ideas and we've just been doing that just constantly reinventing
0: ourselves and who we are when you look at the studies and and we've gone through you know a business, um, let's call it an incubator but that's not what I would call it because I just can't think at the time what you would call it but they always talk about the entrepreneurial mindset or a successful business mindset and it's it's exactly mm. that it's it's you just this is what's being thrown at us and we problem solve it, it doesn't mm. mean we stop it doesn't mean we give up you know you see old you threw us lemon lemons let's make lemonade and and also yeah. that positive mindset that that's screaming Mm. at me from you well not screaming because you're so gentle (laughs) it's it's exuding beautifully from you is this Mm. positive mindset and this optimistic well you know it's a great opportunity you know it's time to pause and do the things I wanted to do rather than oh we've been locked down for longer than we've been open you've taken advantage of that and I think that's that's a successful business mindset.
1: Yeah absolutely and I think it's also the only thing that we can really control at the moment too because the external influences you know if we really listen and tap into everything that's going on around us it's it's huge and it's and it's and it's really big so i think that self care which i'm really big on and for my staff as well is so important as a business owner to look after your yourself and you know self care can mean lots of different things for me self care is 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 setting up a business and a lifestyle um that supports the life my life, my dream life yes. and my life to the fullest. And so it means that we live in a bush property on twenty acres. It means that I walk every morning past the creeks and up the mountain and it means that my children live in the you know, bush and forest and we walk to school and we embrace everything that part of the business the the values of the business as well it's really important to do that because I think sometimes as business owners and being in business you can get so caught up in the stress of running a business and the the admin and the to-do and what I shouldn't do that you sort of lose sight of why you're doing it and I know for me I always bent back to I'm Running a business so that I can have the flexibility to work when I want, the hours that I want, with who I want, mm-hmm. <laughs> and around my children and family because that's my priority at the moment. I'm in a, you know, really good place at the moment mm-hmm. where I have a really great balance and um, and able to make those choices and that's so important. And I think you just for people starting out, reminding yourself of why you started and what's important to you because I think it's the purpose if you're run down and stressed and, you know, and get the support,
0: have that support, whoever that is. Absolutely. It, for me, it, to sum it up, would be creating a life that you don't need a holiday from. Like, to me, I think we were talking before about living in our beautiful little bubbles is that we've, we've both yes. left cities and both made choices to yeah. be on property where you, if, i'm oblivious honestly I, I totally forget what's going on in the world until i head into town to get groceries and then i'm like oh, yes. oh. same oh, here that's... i am mean like, these people <laughs> yeah. God, they're wearing masks and they yeah. you know they look stressed and oh, i'm gonna go back to my little house with my my tree view yeah. and just go back to my lovely little bubble yeah absolutely no i i hear you and i and i
1: think that's important and you know even if you don't get to live in the country or in the bush i think um one of the things i've learned is just when you work from home your environment needs to be a space that for me is calm um it, it it um inspires my creativity so i have even though we're you know surrounded by bushland i've got plants and windows and lots of space we we live a very minimalist life style um, as a family we don't have clutter and things so that helps me when things are messy and things get piled up then i can't be creating and and work in that space and when you're working from home because um, i'm pretty much at home all the time working from home you need that those things to to be creative, and to to support your staff and and to look after yourself as well. I think that's so important in this current you know
0: situation and that we're in. Mm, absolutely, I would like to acknowledge the the privilege that we likely both have as well in being able to create those lifestyles for mm-hmm. ourselves, and at the same time encourage people yeah. to still make those changes and seek that help that they require to try and do that for themselves where they they can because I realise that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it could be having that desk space with a plant, couldn't it, just that space or that room or um, where you can work. Mm,
0: or taking a walk out into your, if you're in the inner city, a local car, a park or garden. It's yeah, it's still or your balcony. Door.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Into yeah. 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 those, those things that are, are self care and nature connection, and, and yeah, mm, yeah, definitely. So I think you've probably already answered this, but what's the best part about owning a nature play business and working for yourself? Oh, um, I think, oh,
1: um yeah definitely the flexibility and the lifestyle but i also i'm i think one of the best things is for me is seeing that connection mm. and seeing the children's faces when they've been to a forest school session or a workshop and just all those barriers just un, you know unfold and their pure delight and their enthusiasm but also for the parents because children embrace it pretty quickly. I think as adults, we've forgotten to play yeah. and life gets a bit serious, doesn't it? And there's a lot of stuff going on. I, you know, And so I love seeing the transformation in the parents and the adults as they each week learn to play and connect and stop thinking about what's going on and really embrace nature play. And that's the That's the best fun because by the end of the term, you know, the parents come with their gumboots and they're all jumping in the puddles and we have a picnic and it's just so much fun. And so seeing adults play just brings me so much delight as well. And and I also have to say the facilitators. I have um, a team of facilitators as well. So they... um, their enthusiasm and having such a passionate team of facilitators is what really drives my work as well because they share my passion and love of nature as well. And so that's having staff that I work with that share that and they inspire me every day as well.
0: I 100% agree that the talent that, our team members bring, it's just mind-blowing. I learned so mm-hmm. much from our team members. What are some of your tips for hiring, particularly for people that need to work in with children but also in a very small working environment? You know, we have tiny micro-businesses, run from home, you know, our kids are around. What are your mm. tips to find people um, that work with your business?
1: I, I find personally for me I I sort of know um, from the beginning like I can just I can just tell when I um, and we're currently recruiting so I'm going through that process I, I can sort of feel the excitement and passion in their application and so when we have an interview it's just it just feels right and you can feel that connection and um, so that's really important for me. In terms of what I look for, uh, it's it's really, um, we do have staff with different backgrounds and teaching and early childhood and environmental science and all that. But I, what I really look for is that passion and that love of nature and that, that curiosity in an adult to play and have fun and really connect with children. So that's that's more important than any qualification or anything. It's that that drive and that passion to want to make a difference in this world and for the environment, but that curiosity and that playfulness as well.
0: Yeah. It's I I think um, one of our biggest and, and we've learned since in our recruitment messaging was you know everyone thinks they want to work with children and everyone thinks they want to work outdoors with children until the reality of say a wet season in Queensland comes upon you. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yes. no, season yeah. if, you know we might have a, a term where it's six or seven weeks out of ten where there's some kind of wet and rainfall so um resilience is a big one and sometimes we don't know that until they're down there and and to be honest they don't know that until they're down there as well but yours would be probably the opposite yours would is it cold what is one Absolutely. of the most common barriers for for staff It's not cold because
1: we just get dressed up um, in winter. Probably the biggest in terms of the weather, well, lately it's changed. In the five, six years I've been running Eco Explorers, it's changed. It used to be the summers Mm -hmm. and the really high, the heat waves of 40 degrees plus. Um, The bushfires are, are challenging as well. so We have a bushfire management plan and... Um, you know, each area we risk assess and where we're running and that changes during summer. So all those things we really need to consider and have an emergency plans and everything in place. So it used to be summer, but I in the last year or two, it's we've had some really extreme winds and winter weather as well. We've got systems in place, our policies, um, the training for staff we have our own in-house training so we have things in play systems that works and you know to make sure because ensuring the safety of the families and the children and the staff is so important.
0: Yeah I was, it's funny the things I thought were going to be the riskiest when we first started you know fire and whittling knives and it's funny now when the wind mm-hmm. gets up above 25, 30 k's an hour, I get the, the tingles at the back of my neck. Now, just knowing yeah. what I know now and yeah. risk assessment-wise, I'm like, all right, we're out, see you, bye. Yeah. It, it's those kind of things, isn't it, that I think surprise people when we risk assess. It is, and sometimes the families understand because they're
1: like, oh, it's just a bit windy or this, but I think it's so important to have those procedures and policies in place and to make those decisions for the safety of everyone and and you know to stand by them as well. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of phone calls in the morning and <laughs> checking weather because we run groups all over Melbourne in different areas. So again, where I am is, you know, it could be sunny and not a tree moving in the bush and someone could be calling me from the peninsula somewhere and there could be high winds and that so um, you know it's very different in different parts of, of Melbourne but mm. we we you know we chat and the call and
0: we make a decision together and how much easier is it because I don't know about you but decision fatigue is probably my biggest barrier as a business owner so to be able to revert back um. to those policies and go <laughs> right our policy that we made and we've updated this year, it says it's this case per hour, so the decision is made for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a Libra, so everything yes. to be balanced and it's like, oh, well, this, yeah, so the policies are a life for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really important. And I think it's just so important that every, you, you do tick all the boxes as well and that you are, um, you know, running a program that is, is safe,
0: but also beneficial to everyone as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, so good. I'm going to go back a little bit. For at the start, you touched on travelling and unschooling, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. I'm not. I'm mm. definitely not done with your business and whatnot, but I just it just popped up in my mind. So again, yeah. it sounds like we're both quite organic and intuitive. <laughs> so let's just roll with that. So you were running business at the time that you went travelling. Well that's just it. Everyone,
1: everyone asks us like how, you know, how did you do it in business and home? And we just, um, we, we literally just made that decision. We sold most of our belongings, put a few, you know, of our important um, furniture and bits and pieces into um, storage. And we pretty much got in the car and our goal was to travel around Australia and to house it. So we, um, my daughter was in grade three at the time. So we started homeschooling and my, my two other ones um, were quite young still. And to be honest, we had no plan. We, we just, these amazing opportunities would, would come up to house sit and, you know, some of the house sits, we, we lived in Molden and Castlemaine on an emu farm and looked after emus. And, We um, lived on an alpaca farm with about 400 alpacas and my daughter, who was 10 there, got to, you know, look after them and learn how to prepare them for a show and um, we lived in the Wombat State Forest off-grid for a month um, in Trentham here in Victoria and an amazing experience. You know, we travelled along the east coast and lived in the Blue Mountains and so these opportunities just came up To house it and I I, for me I I put it out there Um, I'm quite good at manifesting what I want so I'm very clear and this is this is what we wanted to do these are the opportunities I wanted to give my children and so when they came up they're the ones that I obviously took and then it just it just happened it really happened very organically and we didn't have much of a plan in terms of running business it was incredible we were on the road um driving you know to canberra to the blue mountains <laughs> to queensland and we'd stop at a roadside and i'd make a call or you know chat to a staff member and everything was done on the phone um and the laptop so very easily run i had facilitators obviously running the sessions here in melbourne so we were managing and doing all the admin, but it was great. It was um, it was such a great experience and it is absolutely possible to set up any type of business that you want that feels alive for you and aligned and run it how you choose to run it. It is possible. It, it takes a lot of work. There's no doubt about that. There's a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment that you need to put into setting and running a business, but I, you know, I really believe that anything's possible, and it's just your frame of mind and how you choose to set it up. But I, I really think that business has got to suit your lifestyle and your needs, and also um, be be aligned because everyone's got different experiences and where they're at in their life as well. So it's got
0: to work for you because that's where it becomes sustainable, doesn't it, long term. That's amazing. Um, that's a real testament, too, as a business owner, to get to the point where your systems are autonomous, your staff are beautifully trained, that you can release that control of your baby. What point do you think in your business, so you've been operating for about five six years? Where did you did you get a gentle nudge, or was it a planned? All right, it's time for me to let go of that. You know, cut the ties, cut the umbilical cord, and let this baby go.
1: Yeah, that that's a huge one. Um, I probably learned that lesson in a hard way previously for the previous business. So when I stepped into with this Vico Explorers, I stepped in going, okay, because I've been in business for about 15 years. I'm like, okay, I've learned a lot of lessons and this is how I, so I from the word go, I decided how I would run business and how it would work for me. And that um, I w- it would it would suit my lifestyle and work around what I do. And in what you were saying, that how amazing that is to have all your systems and staff trained in that. That never happens. <laughs> like nothing's.
0: <laughs>
1: Can I just say, like <laughs> that's so not how <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening, no, um, I'm still. <laughs> There's still a lot of systems that aren't in place now and I think, mm. oh my gosh, I should have that policy or this and it hasn't been updated. It's it's an ongoing process. Yeah. I definitely not. And you know, the training we do now compared to three years ago is so different. So I think it's just it was at that time, it felt right and it was okay. Um, I don't I think if you wait for things to be the right moment and for things to be perfect and everything to be done, it's just never gonna happen. Um, because business changes and the needs of community. So um for me it was just the trust in the staff, um, having such an incredible team and facilitators that had been with us since we started and knowing that Everything was going to be fine. I'm just a phone call away. There's nothing that we can't do or work out that that's not going to happen. And also I think that I I haven't worked in the business as in running um, groups for many years now. And I think as a business owner it's make you've just got to decide where you're best to be allocated and whether it is, on you know, hands-on or what your skills are, my skills are, business and I knew that as much as I loved running the sessions um, that I could not work five days or even one day and manage the um, the business, the staff. Um, I need to be available to support the staff and the marketing, all that. So it's just I made that decision for me um, but also it means that I'm home. I'm with the kids. Um, I'm here when they get home, I get to walk with them to school in the bush and all those things and I'm just a phone call away. Yeah, because we're the same. We could work,
0: both work five days.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can't be everywhere. And as a business owner, you're the, the marketing person, the finance, the, the admin, you know, the trainer, the, the manager, all those things. Um, and there's so much to take on and learn and I'm just... I feel that sometimes we try and do it all, but I think it's best to focus on what your skills are and then utilise the skills of your team and other people as well. Mm,
0: absolutely. Such, such good advice. I 100% agree. And I've also learned the very hard way. Vicky stepped out this year from <laughs> programs for, for life balance essentially and, yes. and again to focus on growing the business. And I've still got my finger yeah. in the pie just mm-hmm. one session a week and um, I don't know when I'll mm. let that go. I'm definitely yeah. at that point of I still love it. I love it so much but I also know my skills and, and just like you yeah. said, being here to be able to support our staff when we need to be as well. So got a feeling it may be the end of this year but we'll just wait and see.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One thing I was just going to say, in terms of not running the sessions, I, I'm able to go and support the staff and visit the staff. And I think one thing that made helped make that decision was the question that you asked was that you can step in and run a program any time or a one-off session or be a fill-in, or go and visit the groups as well. So I think that's actually still really important as the, the owner, director, to still be in touch hands-on on the ground as well. Um, however, you choose to do that, it might not be running, but it could be visiting the groups and popping in and saying hello to the staff. Or um, when we do, when I have new staff or we're looking at new um, places as well to run groups, then I'm always the one that's there and checking out the spaces. So we sort of have that connection facilitated
0: from an early early stage as well yeah so it's so good Vicky touches base by coming in and doing beach school like exactly like you said filling in when people are sick or coming in and running specialty things and so we still get that fix we still get that that love because I don't think any of us would be here if we didn't love that part of the business but um as founders and owners there's a lot more to do behind the scenes that you just can't fit in in five days a week without without Luke not that I believe in balance but without being down here in the roller coaster rather than a nice, nice even flow. <laughs> I'd love to go back and touch a bit more on, with your background in mental health. Could you talk to us a little bit more about how communities and nature can help mental health, particularly right now, particularly where you are?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think it's it's so important, as I mentioned previously, that even though we're not running our groups and and sessions at the moment and our programs. It's really important that people continue to to go out in nature and and spend time outdoors and we've been creating resources and scavenger hunts and downloadables that children and families can, can use and take outdoors. And I think because so many families are doing remote learning and which is online or indoors, it's important to take that time for your mental health to be outdoors. And, you know, whatever that looks like for each person, it's different, whether for some people it would be five minutes a day and um, it could just mean stepping out. I think the most important thing is whatever that is for you, whether it's, um, you know, a one or two hour walk around the neighbourhood or hiking or just all you can manage is five minutes outside. And I know with three kids and when my kids were younger, that's all I managed for many years for a lot of time because was busy and yeah. chaotic and um, that was my self-care was just taking a deep breath but I, I think whatever that is I think it's important to actually um, to step outside whether it's for a minute or half an hour but to actually take everything in that's around you in nature so to switch off from what's happening inside your phone technology, and actually to, you open your senses so a practice that we use at our, pro, our programs and play group is just opening the senses so what can you hear what sounds can you hear where which direction is it coming from what bird what can you hear what can you see really looking around you and you know um, looking further away as well in the trees and on the ground as well and using your hands and your feet so definitely going outside barefoot I'm a big advocate of barefoot and doesn't matter what the weather, step outside barefoot, feel the grass between your toes and feel the sun or the wind or the rain. There's so many times I've walked out in in the rain. or I've been on a walk and it started raining and I've just gone, oh, how nourishing and cleansing it is for my body. So um, go outside and, and just feel the sun, feel the wind on your hair and just take that moment to pause and recharge, even if it's just for a few minutes, because then when you go back in and continue on your day, it's really has had an impact. And I think so important, take your remote learning outdoors, um, sit outside, sit out on the grass in your backyard or a local park as well. And, and I think taking those opportunities, I really feel that being in lockdown and, and been restricted to it's five kilometres that we can travel around um, our home is is allowing people those opportunities to really get to know their local spaces and to see what's really happening and connect with other people in their community as well so I'm seeing lots of people um, painting the rocks and leaving them at the parks and different types of activities for kids so I think to use this time to really slow down and to look after yourself and spend time in nature—it's so essential for your mental health and well-being, and it's so vital for our health as well at the moment. And the fresh air, the the sunshine, the vitamin D, and also to keep moving as well. And um, nature is so healing, and there's so many benefits for our physical and mental health. So take that time. Absolutely.
0: It's so important. Amazing. Yeah. hundred percent agree. It's, I know when I'm starting to feel sluggish, it's a hundred percent because I haven't been getting my vitamin D and movement. It's just about guaranteed always that and probably an overdose of chocolate too sometimes. but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so, so much for coming on Melinda. Where can we find out more about your work?
1: Yeah, so if you head to our website, it's um, www.ecoexplorers.com.au and you'll find all our programs on there, our all our online resources that we've been developing, our printables and also um,
0: the different, different um, programs that we run as well and what we're doing currently as well amazing and also check out socials on facebook and insta and we'll pop all of those in the show notes as well so thank you so much it's so every time i do these with fellow business owners i just come out inspired my inspiration from today's is to uh, pack up and and go
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad and thanks so much for having me it was really a pleasure to chat with you
0: think we might need to put out a word of warning for anyone looking to start a nature play group that you may just end up somehow running your own successful nature play business if you start out that way it seems many of us start this way starting with something really small like just one nature play group and possibly offering it for free while the children are young and then once you've seen the incredible benefits of being in nature on your own children and then organically growing as the children grow It seems many of us are chasing a calmer and more balanced lifestyle where we get to do purposeful work but still get to be around to watch our families grow. Eco-explorers, bird wings, wildlings and many other nature play businesses right across Australia are living proof that it can be done. You can own your own business, work part-time, from home and in nature if that's what you want. And we can help you achieve this much quicker than we ever did by giving you our own roadmap to success with our Wild Business course. So don't forget to sign up to the waiting list for the course, which will drop in late October by heading to wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild dash business. It's the first step in creating the business and lifestyle of your dreams. Until next week, stay wild.